0: (laughs) You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga, a podcast that explores county initiatives and pulls back the curtain to reveal the work and the people who are driving Cuyahoga County forward. This month, we are leaning into the fall season, the season of bats and ghosts and carving pumpkins, and we're asking the question, what are some of the stories from the haunted history of Cuyahoga County? I'm Don Calavini from the communications department. One thing I love about working for Cuyahoga County is that we do our business in some historic structures. There have been some significant events that have occurred over the years in these structures. And you walk through places like the old courthouse or the Superior Viaduct and you can just feel the presence of the past. So I was hoping to gather a few eerie tales for this episode, and what better place to start than the Cuyahoga County Archives. Joining me is Dr. Judith Satina, our county archivist, and I welcome you.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate you inviting me. It's great to meet you.
0: Um, the, the Cuyahoga County Archives are on Perkins Avenue now, but that wasn't always the case. No, that's true. And as you told me, you used to work out of the Rhodes House on Franklin Boulevard. Boulevard.
1: In Ohio City. Yeah. Did you experience anything odd there? Well, um, yes. (laughs) There's the (laughs) short answer. Answer very (laughs) uh, succinctly. Um, Everyone who worked in the building, um, well, I can't say, there were always those who dismissed um, certain sounds and um, eerie um, experiences, but most of us um, did have uh, an opportunity to um, sort of reach out to the uh, to the other world, so to speak. Um, it's very difficult to know where to start. Um, we should know that the house was built in 1874, a restored Victorian structure. Um, it was not only a private residence, uh, Robert Russell Rhodes and uh, the Meccas family, um, but when it was purchased by Cuyahoga County, it was a detention home. Um, it was the uh, nursing home. Um, it served as a school um, and other county offices and agencies. I think there was even a food stamp redemption center that was in that particular space. You can imagine with all of the people who have been inside the building, from the smallest of children to the most elderly uh, uh, patient, that um you would almost suspect that there must be some stories that the walls could tell in the Rhodes house. And I'm happy to, you know, sort of share some of the things that, um, that happened. We used to um, sort of work with a paranormal investigator known as Psychic Sonia, and many of you have gone on um, some of her haunted tours, and they would stop in the evening. So i worked. work longer hours that day. So about seven o'clock, a bus would pull up and about 60 to 70 people came pouring out of the bus into the building oh, wow. and immediately were looking for signs of the paranormal. So um, I would then um, share some of my stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, these are things I may have experienced or that others had experienced. So this one particular occasion we're having a nice conversation and i was talking about there was supposedly a young man another paranormal investigator had met this young man when she had been in the building and you know she talked about him as being rather shy and and retiring and seemed to want to step away from Um, from our world. Um, I know this same person was once glimpsed in a restroom of all places. (laughs) Another staff member saw it, and they thought it was someone who had stayed too long for the day and that they had a reason for being there. And then when this person walked through a wall, um, it certainly did seem as if this was um, abnormal. (laughs) So this this
0: individual was so
1: present that somebody actually thought it was a real person. Right. And the same thing happened with a security person at that time. Wow. On a beautiful um, winter morning, very bright sunlight, and they had a similar experience. So at any event, I was relaying some of these stories, and um, Psychic Sonia, who was sort of looking down a long hallway, I did not have I was not able to see it from the way I was facing and she said I'm so sorry I didn't mean to interrupt with your your conversation here but she said that young man you're talking about I just saw him opening a door and peeking around I had a feeling from my neck all the way down my spine. And I kept thinking, I hope I didn't say anything that (laughs) might have upset him. I would like to be on good terms. So um, that was certainly an interesting um, experience, um, to say the least. And I gave a talk once. I gave a whole series several years ago at the uh, county libraries, the various county libraries here in Cuyahoga, And um, the gentleman said, you know, I came to your building, and I was walking where I shouldn't have been walking, and I saw there was sort of a staircase, and I looked down the staircase, and somebody yelled at me and said, get out of here. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman said, I was scared to death, and he quickly turned around, left the building not to return. So he had a very distinct, and at one of my presentations, mm-hmm. he was able to um, to share that. We so were, that voice
0: did not come from a security guard.
1: No, it, it certainly would not. No one would have even been in that particular area of the building. So that was, again, everybody's um, experience is, is their very own, and they know how they felt at that time. So I took him as, um, you know, saying what he had experienced i I didn't think yeah he was genuine so
0: well and so as you said the house had gained enough of a reputation of course franklin boulevard with franklin castle and you know there it's in the neighborhood um and you can sort of i mean even i find it eerie before i even knew anything about the history of franklin boulevard just driving down the street. I just feel like you can feel something. Yeah, I and think you can. No, I I agree. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to kind of have that confirmed. Um it it's interesting to me to think that a county building um would would open itself up to uh paranormal investigators or these kinds of groups. That must have um been a really interesting part of your, your workday. I mean, you, you are an archivist, so you're, I know you're, you know, involved with involved, history. Right,
1: exactly. So this was, well, it's not exactly living history, but it was past history coming to life.
0: Ooh, that's such a great way of looking at it. We'll be back with more stories from the Cuyahoga Campfire and Dr. Judy Satina, who's come into our story circle after this.
2: In honor of Adopt a Shelter Dog Month, the Cuyahoga County Animal Shelter has reduced adoption fees. Play the Phantom Plinko game to reveal your adoption fees. Sweet dogs are looking for their forever homes. But if you can't commit to forever, how about fostering? You can give a dog a break from their cage for a week or even a weekend. No tricks, just treats and probably some licks. Find out more at cuyahogacounty.us slash podcast.
0: You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. Our county archivist, Dr. Judy Satina, is sharing some hair-raising tales from her experiences in the archives. Please continue.
1: Probably the most interesting, uh, we were on TV. It's not the first time we were on on uh, one of the local stations. But this time... Um, Actually, we were on the five o'clock news, like the six o'clock news, the you know, and then the nine or ten o'clock news was this we like were around on, Halloween, yeah. like in yes, October it, was, or something. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was W, yeah, it, it was, um, it's the Fox station now, mm-hmm. and so, um, we were there in the evening, and they did some pre filming beforehand, sure. and we talked a little bit about experiences. And there was another paranormal who's very well known. Um, She's known um, as Marianne, and she has been verified by many people as um, uh, being a genuine um, paranormal investigator, um, as well as a TV program was actually created based on her um, experiences. So she was talking about who she met while she was there. And apparently there was one woman who I guess did not like me because she felt she'd been there much longer than I had been. And she said, if you ever felt uncomfortable in your office, it is probably because this is where this individual happened to be. And so again, even though I was at home, the little chills were going up and down. was it something
0: that you felt like you had experienced?
1: Um. There were times and places where I would feel slightly uncomfortable, but I felt whoever was there was friendly. I did not, you know, experience any sense of evil. Mm-hmm. I was not afraid to go to work. Um, but there were certainly times where maybe became, they just felt a little threatened they, like you were in right. their space. They or were, yes, I'm sure I'm sure that was the case. So this was quite a nice um, opportunity. So then we were on You know, and I thought, oh, my goodness, to think we were like the Fox Fact Finder report or something. I thought, (laughs) oh, my gosh, this is really going to be embarrassing. Um, But it turned out to, um, you know, to be pretty um, successful. But my experiences went beyond the Rhodes House. Hmm. And probably one of the most um, sort of scary things, I was speaking to a, um, at a county library. And I was just doing a regular presentation about the archives. But everybody liked to hear about the ghost. Everybody, sure, of course. you know, sitting around a, you know, a fire and, and uh, telling stories um, and scaring each other. So, but that wasn't my purpose. So I happened to mention probably the young man or some of the other experiences. And the lights in the room went off. And I tried, bravely, to finish (laughs) the presentation. We all nervously laughed. We continued, and then suddenly lights came on. What got us a little bit more apprehensive was it was the only place in the library where the lights had gone off. So, you know, made it through the presentation, this is fine. You no, know, people usually come up. They want to ask a question, and so one woman came up and she said, "You know, I I don't know if you'd call me a, a paranormal or a paranormal investigator, but I thought you'd like to know that the young man you were talking to it was I was in front of a long table, and she said he was seated. You know, just less than six feet from where you were, and she said all I know was his first name began with the letter." H, and he likes you. Well, I thought, isn't that nice? <laughs> and I decided I'd name him Hank. And so I thought maybe if I carried on a conversation, that would help. So, but going to my car and getting into the car, and I thought, what if Hank's coming with me?
0: I, that's what I was I wondering. Was like, if you're oh. bra- if you're so open to these presences that they are coming with you to Always. other places,
1: I was really. I that was a. Um, one of the more you know startling revelations um i have no idea i've never wanted to be really open to the very one i would be the first one to run when i i remember at one point i heard noise and i knew i was in front of an elevator there was another room and i heard footsteps and i knew there wasn't anybody in there
0: in the Rhodes house
1: yes and I'm not the person who in those scary movies always go down the basement because they, they've got to find out sure. where it is, yeah. not me. Mm-mm. Got on the <laughs> elevator, went downstairs and said, no, I don't care to know about it. But um I think this, you know, it it helped to um interest people once they got over the ghost phenomenon, but to find out what you can learn from records. And that was an important part of the presentations. Because of the woman who didn't like me, I did find, um, we, I believe the reporter had left me notes, and mm-hmm. so she wrote down the name. I found um, a coroner's case file, and I found her death record. So I knew where she lived, what was the name of her mother. Um, and then when I read the um, coroner's file, it was a very, very sad story. Huh. Um, she had worked for um, a dentist. And um, she went to work, and according to the testimony that was being given, and um, she hadn't been feeling really well. And, you know, the dentist walked out and could see that she was in some distress so they quickly called a physician, and the physician arrived. It was one of her physicians. She gave the name of two doctors. So the physician came in, and it was so funny because one of the first things he did was to open his satchel and take out a bottle of spirits of whiskey. Of course. And I guess that was supposed to, I'm not sure what it was to do, but we all kind of laughed because we were a little surprised the doctors went around carrying bottles of whiskey in their uh, in their satchels. And so he did the very best you know that he could, and she hadn't been feeling well, but I got the feeling she might have been the sole support of her mother and that she couldn't miss a day's work. She felt that she needed to be there. Unfortunately, despite the physician's best efforts, she did. You know, she did pass away. Now, how she got from where the dentist was, um, she wasn't all that close to the Rhodes house. But so somehow connection. she found a way. And I guess they, um, I was told, because we had a lot of um, traffic, public, the public was in and out. So the spirits could very easily, you know, kind of slip in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you were supposed to have hung something like on the door. That would have um, kept the spirits out. I mean, from coming in, mm-hmm. but those inside would not be able to go out. And so we thought, no, let let them go. <laughs> so we- we Free done. passage. Yes. Yeah. That's quite, that's uh, quite all
0: right. Maybe because she was her mother's sole caretaker, her mother then was taken to the Rhodes home when yep. it was nursing home. And maybe that was the connection. It, and maybe the reason that she didn't like you is because you were working and working so well, and probably really enjoying your work. And maybe that was something that she that missed about her that life. She,
1: right, right. I'm sure that that could be. Um, and when the um, Marianne had left with the reporter who did the story, and I had a list in front of me, just bits and pieces about particular individuals. And I was gradually, as I could access more and more material over the years, I was able to find out, a little bit more about some of the individuals, and I did find something about this one gentleman who lived on the near west side, and I believe he was buried from um, Saint Ignatius Church. And um, I later had a researcher, and she realized that the person I was talking about was like her uncle or her oh. great uncle. So she knew exactly who I was talking about. Mm -hmm. So as I had access to more information, I was able to get those little bits and pieces together to try to tell, you know, some of the stories. But if you want to know about not only, you know, those who have passed on or just more about your family, there are the kinds of records, births, deaths, marriages, naturalizations, uh, coroners, case files. Um, It's the um, sort of the, the... the bare bones that you use to build your, you build your story. Sure. Right now in our building currently, we have the um, two floors for the Board of Elections. There's the archives, fourth floor, Children and Family Services. We have part of five. Mm -hmm. And then there's another department that just recently moved in on the sixth floor. So right now we have, um, I guess we're waiting for, things to manifest itself um it has a different vibe mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot more light because we're very much in a victorian setting you know with the chandeliers and also we used to have a chandelier that would shake back and forth and i had one time somebody was really you know they were saying where are the spirits where are the spirits and then he got <laughs> mad okay and i i mean those kind of ghostly spirits not any other kind of spirits mm-hmm. anyway so he left <laughs> And then it started to go back and forth Oh, no, we're and... here. And so someone said, go get Judy. And I thought, oh, dear. Oh. So I said, all right, I'll be brave. And I confronted the spirit. And I said, spirit, I know you're here. And we acknowledge this, but you're starting to scare people. So now I would like you to cease and desist. And shortly afterwards, it went from going this way to a very, very slow, methodical, And then it stopped. And I always said my most powerful moment I mean, living, don't always listen to me, but I certainly got through to somebody.
0: Thank you so much oh, for welcome. sharing some of these stories. It's fascinating. Um, Cuyahoga County buildings are fascinating, and they have a haunted history. Dr. Judy Satina is our county archivist. And next up, we're going to have a tale from the medical examiner's office. You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga.
2: The Cuyahoga County Sheriff invites you to Operation Safe Halloween. The 8th Annual Trunk or Treat Party is October twenty. 7th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Justice Center on Lakeside Avenue. Kids in costumes can trick-or-treat safely as Lakeside will be closed to traffic between West 3rd and Ontario. Parents park free in the Huntington Garage. Find out more at CuyahogaCounty.us slash podcast.
0: You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. We're hearing some haunted history from Cuyahoga County today. Joining me now is Christopher Harris, the External Affairs Manager of the Medical Examiner's Office. Great to see you again. Great to see you again. Thank you so much for being here. So we're circling up. We're around the Cuyahoga Campfire. (laughs) And uh, we're sharing some stories. And, I mean, you work at the Medical Examiner's Office, so I was a little afraid to even you know ask you if anything unusual had happened and I'm sure people ask you questions all the time but um, you did say that you've experienced something.
3: I get this question all the time Mm -hmm. and um, I usually tell people about this story uh, this experience that I had and for me it's one that just sticks out and just bringing it up right now the hair on my arm is starting to stand up. So let me let me break down what happened. It was a case from 2016, and there was a woman who had been murdered. And she had been placed in a duffel bag and left in a vacant lot. Mm. Uh, just a, a terrible and, and tragic death. And we were trying to identify her because at the time when she was found, she was pretty much just skeletal remains. So, so our great staff, also CPD, really pulled their resources in an effort to get her identified. sure. Unfortunately, we didn't have a positive identification. So we had a forensic sketch made from her skull, uh, sent that to an anthropologist, and she sent back a sketch. So when we put that out to the media, we started to get calls saying, hey, I think this could be this person. And those calls led to a positive identification. You with that's me? That's great. You got an ID, right? Yes.
0: That, and that's the work yes. that the medical examiner's office does.
3: Yes. But it didn't stop there. So my job as an external affairs manager is to uh, assemble press conferences, really get that information out to the media and the public. And while I was putting this press conference together, I wanted to have a big poster board of not just the forensic sketch, but also the identity of the woman.
0: So an actual photograph or image. An actual photograph. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, We had a couple photographs that we uh, found on Facebook, but... I didn't want to use those photographs because they really showed her on maybe more uh, challenging times in her life, and I wanted to find a photo that would be out there with s- search engines and, and show up that was probably more representative of you know who she was. so we wanted to find this photo that um, showed her during more pleasant times.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The press conference goes great. I take both poster boards to my office, and as I'm typing. I see a figure come out of the poster board. Wh- now, which one? Uh, I, I really don't even know. They were both next the to sketch? each other. The sketch. Oh, they were both right so I'm, there. I'm looking at my computer and I can see out of the corner of my eye a shadowy figure just come out of the poster board. Now, I don't experience things like this really ever, but all the hair on my arm just started to stand up, and I my heart started to beat and pound. And I was just very scared at this moment, and it seemed as if there was no one in the office, and it was just me and this shadowy figure that had just come out of the poster board. So, I went outside to get some fresh air.
0: So you you ran out of your yes, office? Yes, yes, I ran out of my <laughs> office to, to get some fresh air,
3: and I told a colleague, and the colleague had said something to me that really stuck with me. Uh, she had said that, you know. Don't look at this as something scary. Look at this as maybe something positive. Maybe this is a way of, you know, the work that everyone's been doing is setting her free. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, I really like how that sounds. And when I went back to the office, it happened again. Come on. I'm telling you, it happened again. I was still a little scared, but not as scared as I was before.
0: Well, did you feel like there was a negative energy coming from this presence? Or did you feel like, uh, you know, what kind of vibe were you... I mean, obviously it's unsettling.
3: Mm -hmm. Anything
0: like that's unsettling. But did you feel threatened in any way?
3: I did not feel threatened. Mm -hmm. I just felt very anxious. So my anxiety was through the roof. But the second time that it happened, I felt uh, this calming presence, uh, like a warm presence. And I just felt really good about the work that our office, CPD, and really the public because we wouldn't have been able to solve this case without help from the public. And just all that emotion just really came over me, and it just felt like a really, really good and positive experience.
0: Wow, that is amazing. Did you um, ever share that with, like, any members of her family later or anything?
3: Never shared I, it I with mean, it,
0: I think it, it would put you in an awkward position, but... Um, you know, it might make them feel great to know that uh, you felt like mm-hmm. there had been some some closure and some some peace.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to talk with uh, her family. Uh, mm-hmm. I shared it with a couple co-workers and a couple friends outside of work, but um, it's probably one of my most memorable moments at the medical examiner's office.
0: Wow. Well, I know you do a lot of work that you find very gratifying, and, you know, we should also say that, you know, people who are looking for those kinds of stories from the ME's office really need to understand that uh, Dr. Gilson and everyone there considers it sacred business, really. And so um, just the fact that I think that you had that positive experience is really great to hear.
3: Yes, yes. I don't even think Dr. Gilson knows about this story. So he does now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And and I'm really glad it was a positive experience. Uh, Chris Harris is the External Affairs Manager of the Medical Examiner's Office. Thank you so much again for telling your tale for us today. We're going to take a quick break and then we're back on Let's Talk Cuyahoga.
2: The Cuyahoga County Medical Examiner's Office is committed to identifying every decedent who comes through the door. When positive identification efforts are exhausted, the public can help. Cases have been entered into the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. Artist sketches and case details are available. Details at CuyahogaCounty.us slash podcast.
0: You can find out more about the haunted history of Cuyahoga County and the places we've talked about by visiting CuyahogaCounty.us slash podcast. Let's Talk Cuyahoga is a podcast that explores Cuyahoga County initiatives and the people who make them happen. It's produced by the Cuyahoga County Multimedia and Communications Teams. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss our next episode. If you have comments or questions about this podcast or maybe a topic you'd like us to take on in a future episode, please email communications at CuyahogaCounty.us. Let's talk Cuyahoga.